IV Coaches presents Hi IV Coaches listeners, thank you very much for tuning in. Our podcast intention is to make coaching more accessible. This series is called Pedari Series and it's conducted by Coach Sohail Michael Pedari who is a professional certified coach by ICF. He has 12 years of leadership and 5 years of coaching experience. In this series, he's conducting interviews with his peer executive coaches who have helped organizations and individuals internationally realize their dreams and achieve their goals. Thanks for tuning in again and please enjoy today's episode. Good afternoon and welcome to another podcast session with me, Coach Vidari, and behalf of IB Coaches. Very welcome to lovely Desi. Desi, how are you this afternoon? I'm great, Coach Pedari. How are you? Very well. And finally got to uh, have this conversation with each other. It's been a while. We've, um, we've crossed roads a couple of times and uh, a couple of events. And I've had the pleasure of listening to you deliver uh, a wonderful, inspirational speech last year in one of the summits here in Dubai. And that's where we actually connected. And I thought, what an inspiring uh, coach fellow coach, first of all, and, and an entrepreneur on the second place. So thanks for accepting this invite and coming. And um, let's jump right away into our topic. You, you know, you come with a very, very vast experience uh, within coaching and a specific discipline, if I may say so. Tell us, Desi, what got you into this and where did it start and why? All right. So what got me into coaching? Uh, well, my background is corporate. I worked seven years in Procter & Gamble in brand management. And from the first day in the company, actually, I was involved in capability development. Uh, and it started off as an accident. Someone asked me to be part of a team training new marketeers. And I didn't know what that meant, but I said yes. <laughs> and that started my second passion, which is capability development. Um, so in PNG, I would do brand management as my core job, and then uh, I would be heavily involved in designing, delivering training, doing some on-the-job coaching, very different than the one that I do now, uh, and also identifying uh, needs and capability gaps and, and plugging those. Uh, this part of my work is something that grew a lot, and, and I loved loved doing that. And so at a certain point, I wanted to explore that full-time, uh, which is when I left in order to do my coaching and training business. Wow, what an impressive, impressive track record and obviously a, a very long journey ahead uh, still for you to go. So for most people who are not familiar with the coaching world, when, when they hear an abbreviation called CPCC, it's, it probably sounds a bit uh, uh, very technical to them. Um, can you tell us what CPCC stands for? And, what did you do to get there? Uh, you know, so tell us a little bit more about the, uh, the, the journey you took. Sure. Yes. Uh, you see a lot of times people putting uh, these abbreviations at the end of their names. It gets quite technical and complicated, uh, but really it doesn't have to be. Uh, for me, CPCC, or uh, as it stands for Certified Professional Coactive Coach, this is a stamp of credibility. Uh, and when you work with a coach uh, that is certified as CPCC, 
you know that this person has not only been trained in coaching, but has also been tested and has passed that exam, has had pure feedback, uh, professional feedback from teachers, uh, and is really able to deliver a certain standard uh, that somebody who's only, um, you know, maybe read a book or even trained as a coach uh, isn't necessarily going to provide. So how did I get to CPCC? Uh, when I left PNG, I had people uh, approaching me uh, for one-on-one -on -one coaching in addition to my training. And so I got trained uh, as a coach uh, with CTI, which is the Coaches Training Institute. Uh, it's a global organization and the biggest school for coaches in the world. Um, I did the training with them and then I embarked on the certification, which is both of them combined are quite a lengthy process uh, in which you also need to uh, well, have coaching clients, uh, get review on your coaching, something very, uh, very particular and very, very helpful. Uh, there are certain ethical standards as well. And I think that's the part that a lot of people working in companies talk about coaching others on their team. Uh, and I want to differentiate here between uh, being coach-like or using coaching skills versus being a professional coach. It's fantastic to use coaching skills on the job to help people um, really uh, think about certain topics, help them expand their perspectives and challenge them. That's great. But as a professional coach, uh, there are some ethics also there around conflict of interest, around uh, being non-judgmental and non-biased. So for instance, when we coach somebody inside a, comp inside a company, a manager is coaching their team, this manager often knows the answer and is trying to ask the questions to get the person to that answer. Um, whereas in professional coaching, as a coach, I don't know the answer. Uh, as the client, you know the answer, but you don't know what that is. So my job is to help you navigate in all different directions and help you find your answer and to make sure that it resonates, that it it's realistic, that is thought through from multiple perspectives. Uh, and so that's one key difference in terms of, you know, not leading people on in professional coaching. Um, and of course, the confidentiality that comes as part of the ethics. As a professional coach, everything we talk about is fully confidential. I don't have any other interest um, in that the, the, the individual's company, in their team, etc. So there's no conflict there. Uh, and that allows for a lot of a lot of trust to be built, and it, it allows for clients to really share topics which are very vulnerable. Uh, these are topics which are often not shared at home, and definitely not shared with a manager or HR at work. Uh, so that's the beauty of um, of CPCC, combining both coaching skills uh, and ethics, and in, in enabling me to work with clients in a different way. Well, your answer uh, opened up a small uh, Pandora's box for me, and I thought I'll ask you right away. Uh, if coaching was um, such an easy thing to do, I guess a lot of companies would retain their people rather than uh, seeing them move around all the time. Uh, and you pointed towards a direction where you said within a company where um, coaching, let's call so-called coaching happens with an agenda, um, we already have... Uh, tailored the answers and lead the person towards the, uh, the answer through the uh, carefully thought out questions, right? Um, 
One of the cornerstones, if I may say so, of, of, of coactive coaching is dancing in the moment. Dancing in the moment, meaning that being that moment there, right? In this moment where we've gone through such a tough uh, period, for, I think for the, for the humanity or for the humankind, um, what would be your, and I know advices are not given, but what would be one thing you would not advise anyone to do to stay in the moment? I know it's a very long question, but if somebody would say, Coach Desi, I don't want your advice, but let me know what I shouldn't do. <laughs> I know it's some kind of advice anyway, but what would people stay away from to stay in the, in the, in the moment, um, dancing in the moment? Because think life has changed, right? Life has changed for all of us. Absolutely. And I think I want to reframe this because whilst okay. COVID is, is bringing out a lot of uncertainty and anxiety and, 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 and kind of new change, that's just normal life. Uncertainty is not something new. It is not something special. It is not something related to COVID. Uncertainty is life. Uh, and so I think just shifting that perspective uh, and that perception on uncertainty from something really scary and, you know, these challenging times and this new normal uh, is a little bit misleading. And I think it puts a lot of hype around uncertainty and it increases the anxiety. Um, having said that, yes, of course, having a global pandemic uh, is adding to the general life uncertainty uh, to everybody at the same time. And I think that collective pressure and the collective experience of uncertainty is what is unique about this situation, not necessarily the individual um, uh, uncertainty. But of course, when we watch TV and we constantly hear talk people talking about the uncertainty, we focus on it and it grows in our minds. It's a very natural human, human reaction. Now, on your question of how do we stay present and what prevents us from actually staying present? I think that we spend, I mean, there's a lot of research on this. We are spending at least 95% of our time either uh, regretting, resenting, and analyzing the past or trying to plan, control, and freak out about the future. So we spend very little time in the present moment. And so no wonder we don't know how to be here. No wonder we're not equipped for that because we spend very little time here. It's, as if, it's like if you worked you know, 17, 18 hour days and you came to your home and just slept in your home, uh, you, you wouldn't be very familiar with your home. Maybe you wouldn't even know where the kettle was because you just don't spend any time there. Um, so the first thing about being present is actually spending the time in, 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 in the present moment. Um, I think this is very difficult for us to do because it's a lot more exciting uh, for the brain uh, to think about what's going to happen or to kind of get what's been happening. Uh, there's a lot more adrenaline and a lot more of a hormone rush in those things, you know, news flash. But that doesn't mean that it's helpful for us. Um, I find that the number one thing that stops us from being present is stopping to breathe in a lot of 
um, you know, meditation, mindfulness, yoga teachers will tell you that. How do I know that I'm not present? I know because I don't breathe fully and I breathe very shallowly and I, and I talk very fast. And sometimes when it becomes extreme, I get very clumsy. I drop something. And that's a direct indication that I'm not in the present moment uh, or I'm forgetting something. Uh, I'm multitasking. Someone calls me and I tell them I'll call them back and I don't. Um, and the fastest indicator of that is when we are not, not breathing, breathing fully. So to reverse the question, what brings us back into the moment, into the present moment, is breathing and doing one thing at a time. You know, right now I'm talking to you. I am just thinking about this question. <laughs> I am not planning what I'm going to have for lunch, uh, remembering I need to call my father back, or thinking of the horrible things that happened to me in the last year. I'm here. You know, I don't think anyone could have answered it better. Um, one of the reasons I ask this question is because that's the essence and the true meaning of coaching, right? That we, we address the, the present, the moment. Um, but we go through the, the, the school of life where we are told, taught or told constantly to plan, to plan, and to plan. And, and, you know, and to be successful, you need to plan. And you have to have plan A, B, C, D, and E, and sometimes F and G. So to be in the moment, would it require to completely um, abandon certain habits? See, one of the things which happened in the COVID-19 period, and I don't talk about COVID with the guests, but this is, you know, we're not talking about the, the drama behind it or in front of it. But what I'd like to just address is that a lot of things were taken away, right? A lot, some, some freedoms, some less freedoms that we really didn't need. And we were, you know, we were perhaps in, in, a, in a bubble saying that we need all that to live where we went back to a bit of simplicity in those at least a couple of weeks, months. Um, so what would Desi, yeah, what would Desi say that in the last, let's say a couple of, uh, not months, not weeks, what's one habit or one thing that you learned that has just made your life better? And I'm not talking about COVID-19 now, I'm talking generally speaking. What is one thing that actually as a habit or something you learned Made your, made your life better, made your life just much better than a year ago or six months ago. Can you share that with us? Yeah, that is a great question. Um, I have been through some horrendous personal challenges, generally in, 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 in the last three years, but also uh, now in the COVID period. And one of the biggest lessons that I am taking away from, from this is the ability to be alone, or rather, the ability to be with myself. I think a lot of people will relate to that uh, with social isolation and, um, and, and, and all of the restrictions that we, are, um, that, that we are put under. And a lot of the anxiety and the mental health issues that are happening 
are in large, to a large extent, due to this isolation. And we often hear people talking about being alone, being isolated. Uh, it's, it's in, in, in being alone is something negative. There's a negative connotation. Oh, I'm alone. I'm by myself. Now, whilst I definitely think that we are, I mean, we, we, we are social creatures. We are designed to thrive in tribes and, and to form close bonds and relationships. Um, this is our genetics. I think it's also important to be able to be with ourselves uh, and to be able to see time alone as not time without other people, but time with me. And again, there's a mindset shift here. Uh, and when you think about I'm alone, I'm lonely, that's quite sad. Uh, but if you think about I am with myself, I'm taking myself out on a date at home tonight. Uh, I am cooking for myself. I'm treating myself. Um, there's another dynamic here, and this all links back to self-love and self-care. And that's, that's really primary. That is as primary as our desire and our need to connect with others. Uh, and so in this time, I have had time, I have had some very tough experiences of experiencing solitude in to, to a different depth. Um, being extremely extroverted, I love people, I thrive on people, I thrive on energy. So you can imagine how scary some of this has been uh, for me and other, and other introvert, uh, extroverts who are not used to be spending so much time alone or being by themselves. Um, so this is, you know, over time, I realized that, you know what, I need to learn to be with myself, to be at ease with that and to see it as something normal, not just for this pandemic, but as, um, as a way to balance this extrovert energy. Uh, so having time with myself uh, and treating myself like I am my own best friend has been a really, in the end, enjoyable experience. Uh, something that I that I've learned to appreciate, something that I now take as something lighthearted and normal, um, and I don't try to fill my time up with other people at all costs. Um, I, I enjoy some of that right now. Of course, I will always prefer to be with other people. I will I will always be outgoing. That's who I am. Um, but that's a big lesson for me in terms of not depending entirely on having others around you. I can't agree more. And, and you know, it, it's funny because when you talk to people and say, uh, do, do, you, do you have some, do you have me time? And uh, for a lot of people, me time means uh, time with other people. <laughs> yeah. And when you say, well, you know, it's, uh, especially if you're married or you're in family, you say, oh, this weekend, this is my me time. And you spend it with others. And you say, okay, but when are you, as you just pointed out to the direction that, when do you get to know yourself? And you need to get that, not take it for given. Because a lifetime can pass without us really, you know, spending time with our own self and, and understanding ourselves better. Uh, and, and that can only be done if you're really, really in, uh, not in isolation, but you know, that you kind of uh, spend time with yourself. So I like that answer. It really resonates. And I think 
Uh, a lot of people might have, uh, if they look at it that way, then uh, this whole dramatic uh, change would perhaps be less dramatic from, from, from time to time. Um, now, if, if we would give you, uh, if you know, if you would, you know, if you get an email tomorrow saying, listen, uh, Coach Desi, you got a, a big billboard uh, free of charge and you can uh, expose a message or a quote or, you know, uh, a picture. Uh, and the entire world will be looking. What message would Desi put up there? And millions can see that. What would you use that billboard to show, please? The first thing that comes to my mind is enjoy the moment. Enjoy because that's really all we have. Uh, and these moments aren't coming back. And even if it's a hard moment, Enjoy it, because hardship is part of life, and struggling is part of life, and it's so normal. And it's what makes the fun and good moments um, even more good and fun and, and more enjoyable. Um, I, think, I think that we are spending a lot of time trying to escape from pain, except, um, escape from... Uh, negative things or negative experiences from conflict, uh, escape from uncertainty. And that's just part of life. Uh, and so the ability to turn that around and to say, I am in the thick of it. My life has never been worse. And I'm just going to be here. And I'm just going to enjoy the fact that I am living the human experience. And the human experience is part pain and part joy. Uh, so I choose to be in it. I choose to enjoy, if not the actual experience, then to enjoy the, the thought of it, to enjoy the fact that, yes, I am human. This is what it means, and I'm getting the full package. That's what I would say. Enjoy the moment. Yeah, I love that. I think that's a very strong message that everyone can listen to. And just enjoy the moment, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It really never comes back, right? Um, and that's why it's so enjoyable to talk to you today. Um, so, because <laughs> I'm enjoying the moment. Now, everyone has inspiration in life coming from circumstances, from people, from, you know, experiences. Um, if, we, if, you tell, you know, if I tell you, Desi, who inspires you? Who inspired you? Or who, you know, did you have in your life that you really, really uh, perhaps looked at and said, that person really, really inspires me? Who would come to your mind? And if it's more than one, please do share with us. And why? It's a difficult question. I, I draw inspiration from, from many places. And sometimes it's not, it's not people. It's, it's just observing the world. Um, but I think the first, I'll share the first person that came into my mind. Uh, that is Louise Hay who is um, uh, an author, speaker. She has passed away a few years ago. Um, but she talked a lot about and lived around the concept of self-love and teaching and inspiring people to love themselves. What I love about her is that she makes things very simple. Um, she has this expression, uh, life is really very simple. And I think more than ever now with technology and advancements in all sorts of industry and areas of life, 
uh, with a speeding up of the entire world, it is so easy to get mired into complexity and uh, you know complex business models, um, complex pricing, promotion, you know, kind of uh, business wise. Uh, complex complexity in terms of trying to understand our feelings and what is driving them and is it related to childhood and all that sort of stuff. But in the end, life is really very simple. And the only thing that we need to look to to see that is nature. There are seasons. There's summer. Then there's autumn. Leaves fall from the trees no matter what you do. No matter how you behave, no matter how angry or upset or happy you are, the next season comes. And then the next season after that. And there are some basic principles of life and nature that we are forgetting. We are born, we have some great moments, we have some hard moments, and then we die. It is very, very simple. Um, and I think in the hardest of times, is when I tend to go into complexity and try to explain and find theories and research because I feel more comfortable as if I'm controlling something. But the reality is very simple. I don't control most things in this life. You don't control most things in this life and actually nobody does. Uh, and there are basic, basic principles of life like the passing of time, like the seasons, um, like change and uncertainty um, that are there. And I encourage everybody when they get really anxious or frustrated to say at the most simplistic level, what is the simple truth? What is the simplicity in this situation? Interesting, very interesting. Um, you touched on something earlier, you said breathing and uh, you feel when you, know, when you don't breathe, you know that that's it. So uh, that's a moment where you have to take, uh, take a step back. Now, I want to go back to that. And I want to ask you, when Desi feels overwhelmed, you know, the days where things are just out of hand, out of control, uh, things just become too much. What do you do? Where do you go? Do you hide under a pillow? Or do you... Uh, do you uh, what does Desi do when, when Desi is overwhelmed? Good night. Mm -hmm. Can you share that? Yes, sure. Um, there is one meditation that I keep coming back to. It's from the mindful movement. And I can't even tell you the name of it because I have saved it on my phone and renamed it, but something about finding peace and calm. It's a 17-minute meditation that relaxes you and takes you back to basics. Um, and when I'm overwhelmed and there's a lot of noise, I do this meditation. I, I lie down first, I close my eyes. And I always, well, I, I calm down and allow for the most important thing to surface. So going back to this concept of simplicity, life is really very simple. And if we listen to if we quiet mind and just listen to, the, to our body, to our heart, to our mind as well, um, the most important things surface and everything else dissipates because everything else does not matter. Um, so that's what I do uh, when I'm 
completely overwhelmed. And usually when I do it, I realize I should have done this a long time ago, so I don't get the overwhelm. But well, we are human after all. I think overwhelming is part of it, right? <laughs> but to get overwhelmed <laughs> is part of being also human. That's a nice one. I actually took notes here about the seven minutes uh, meditation. So thanks for sharing that with us. Now, uh, I have 100 bucks and I usually try to give it to someone and uh, to guests. And I say, here's $100 US dollars. Uh, I know they're, they're not as much worth as they were a couple of years ago. But here's $100. And how would you invest this lesson? In what? And why? I know it's a lot How of money, but that's I all I got. <laughs> and why? I would invest it in something that brings me lightness, something that brings me joy, something that is for the soul. Uh, and that could be going to a jazz concert or uh, going with, for some drinks with friends. Um, but yeah, I would spend it on my soul. I think right now this is something that is necessary. Um, you know, we have enough books, we have enough gurus and enough uh, learning opportunities, uh, theoretical learning opportunities. Yes. Um, but right now I feel that our souls need a little bit more. I love it. You know, it's self-love. It goes back to self-love. Why not? You know, you know, take care of yourself and then you can take care of others. And that's a beautiful way of spending a hundred bucks. Um, I only wish the jazz concert would be hundred, but if I find one, I'll get you one as well. Uh, but that's a great answer. Now, we're almost there. And um, one question I always ask uh, my guests is, I'm sure there are a couple of questions we came across, would have come across, uh, which I didn't ask. And I would like you now to take my place and say, uh, ask Desi the question I never asked Desi in this, in this conversation. What that question is, and what would you reply to it? Ooh, that is indeed a challenging question. What would I ask myself? I'll, I'll ask something that a lot of people actually ask me. Um, so a few years ago, I went through cancer, chemo surgery, and, and, all, and all of that. And a lot of people, um, and, and, and I adopted certain techniques and methods like meditation and mindfulness to really stay calm, to have a positive outlook. I used humor to make light of the situation. And generally, it was a very fulfilling journey, despite the scariness of it. Uh, oh, it, it froze there. Go ahead. It's fine. Yeah. It's, te it's technology, yeah. so it happens. Let's yeah. Um, so yeah, people always ask me, how, where did I build the strength? Or um, how come I did these things so effortlessly? Um, and there's a very simple answer to that. I think people look at others who are going through adversity and think that these people were always very strong and they already had this toolbox of, um, of tools and things to use when the adversity hits. But the reality is that that's not really the case. Um, what I, I found is when your life is under threat, it's, it's the as extreme adversity as you can get. 
then suddenly you rally up all of your internal resources and you match that threat. Now, all of this strength, all of these things were inside of me. I just never needed to use them. And it was so easy to use all of these resources. Because after that, I faced other challenges, which are significant, but nowhere near as they just weren't death threats. Death threats. And those challenges were more difficult simply because bring out all the ammunition that we actually have for something that doesn't quite require it, something that isn't quite as scary, and threat or adversity. Yes, of course, naturally, you have not seen the best of yourself. You have not seen the greatest of your strengths. You have only seen to the level of your challenge. Uh, and so what I tell my answer to, to the question to people is, when you have a challenge, you will pull out the resources and you will manage. And it's trusting that, which is more important than trying to build all resources and prepare yourself for every eventuality because you can't. Um, so that's the biggest thing, trusting that you will manage no matter what, and that literally strength and things from inside will as if magically appear when it's necessary, but not before. Wow. Well, how can I say thanks for asking the most important question, which I don't ask. And um, one of the reasons is that obviously um, I, 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 I know what a powerful and what a strong person you are. Uh, I listened to one of your uh, speeches um, a year ago. So thanks for sharing that with all of us, which is very personal. But in a, when, you, when you talk about it, you, you very much glow and shine. And that shows exactly where you come from, where you are. So, Coach Desi, thanks so much for today and for this conversation. Um, however, if people want to connect with you, because I know there's a lot of people who would like to connect with you, where do they find you in social media or me? Could you please tell us? Uh, absolutely. I would love to connect with people if anybody has questions uh, or wants to know more of the tools and techniques that I use uh, or is interested in one-on-one -on -one coaching or group coaching, reach out. Uh, it is very simple. You can find me, you can Google my name, Desi Jagger. It is a unique name, so you will stumble on my profile. You can find me as Desi Jagger on LinkedIn, on uh, desijagger.com, which is my website and on desijagger at gmail.com. So go with my name and you will find me. And that's Jagger with 2G, right? Yes. All right, just in case. So that's Jagger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is unique indeed. You are a unique person, no doubt. I want to thank you once again on behalf of ID Coaches as well for coming and you know, spending some time with your fellow uh, Dubaian uh, friends. And we look forward to connecting with you further and more. Um, keep well and stay in the moment. Thank you so much. Thank you, Coach Padari. It's been a pleasure.